Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Scaloni has made a run down that right side. Will sink two by Ashton. Harewood wants it in the middle. Oh, it's an own goal! A video revolution is taking place on the internet, and the entertainment industry is having to change radically to keep up. The website YouTube is one of a number of new sites where millions of people are publishing and sharing their own movies. Hetherington teasing Herpia. Oh, testing Rayner who lost it and it's in! YouTube was only created last year, but already 20 million people a month are visiting. And every day, 65,000 new videos are uploaded here. A lovely ball as well for Cissé! It's there this time. Hello everybody and welcome to Greatest Games on Football Ramble Daily in association with the Blizzard. My name is Marcus Speller and joining Jonathan Wilson and myself is Jacob Steinberg, football reporter for The Guardian. Jacob, lovely to have you here. Lovely to be here. Um, We go back to the 2006 FA Cup final between West Ham and Liverpool. Liverpool 1-3-1 on penalties after a brilliant game that ended 3-3. Why have you chosen this game, Jacob? I think it's one of the best games I've ever been at. And it was also probably, at the time, probably the best FA Cup final there'd been for, for years. Thinking back, the year before that was Arsenal v Manchester United that finished 0-0 on penalties. year before, United v Millwall, not much happened there. Mm. And there was 
the first game at Wembley as well the following year after the West Ham game, which was that big build-up between Chelsea and United and then turned out to be one of the worst games that had ever <laughs> taken place. Last-minute drop a winner in extra time, I think. Um, so, yeah, it was probably at the time, I think everybody saw it as this amazing cup final uh, with the underdogs really almost causing that huge surprise until Steven Gerrard, who mm. at the time was you know England's best player and everything, and the year after Istanbul turned up and broke their hearts. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, when you look back at those results, Jonathan, at that time, there were some really kind of boring, quite frankly, FA Cup finals, but that one really stands out. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, I, I'm trying, just trying to think which of the first FA Cup final I covered was, and I think it would have been, I think it would have been that United-Millwall game in 2004. 3-0, Manchester United. Uh, uh, was it? Well, yeah, yeah, it was 3-0. Ronaldo yeah. had a, a brilliant a, game. A number of comfortable goals to nil. <laughs> um <laughs> But uh, yeah, you're you're right. I mean, I, I think what best FA Cup final since eighty nine, eighty seven, maybe something like that. But the nineties, it's hard to pick out a particularly. Yeah. There were a lot of comfortable wins. I suppose Arsenal the three three Palace United was good in nineteen ninety. Yeah, so maybe but, the best since then. But there'd been these big build ups actually to a lot yeah. of big games. So you could go to ninety six and and United v Liverpool, which turned out to be a absolutely oh, was an terrible awful game. game. Yeah, you know when United United played. Um, when they played Newcastle, they just won that comfortably. Arsenal beat them comfortably. Chelsea Villa, the last game at Wembley, that one nil, dreadful awful. game. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know there were a lot of poor cup finals, and I think it had sort of become a bit of a damp squib until that game. I think maybe yeah. the one you could pick out was Arsenal v Liverpool when uh, mm-hmm. when Michael Owen, Owen scored yeah. late on, but mostly it was pretty poor games. The, the Chelsea Arsenal final as well was was decent. Yeah, it's only Ray Parler. Yeah, but mostly they were. But it's yeah, decent, not a great game. Whereas yeah. this game is is you know a hugely memorable, thrilling game. Well, I have to say, I'd sort of forgotten just how absurd the equaliser is. <laughs> yeah, like, it's a it's a there's a lot that goes. I sort on. of oh, you're jumping ahead. Here. Yeah, I'm jumping ahead. I'm jumping ahead. <laughs> and understandably so, because what 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 a goal it was. But yeah, I mean, it was as you say, Jacob West Ham very much the underdogs going into this game. They'd finished ninth in the Premier League under the the strong and steady leadership of Alan Pardew. <laughs> uh, but it wasn't a bad side. Ninth place finish, of course. Yeah, they had a. Um, it was a decent side. They'd actually. It was Pardew's. Um, it was actually only his second full season in charge. He mm-hmm. he come uh, in two thousand and three, replacing Glenn Roder, who'd been sacked after he Glenn Roder had taken them down in the end of the o two o three season, and he had a little bit of time at the start of the o three o four season. Didn't go very well. They lost at Rotherham, and Roder got sacked, and then they had to wait for Pardew to turn up. So Trevor Brooking had taken oh, caretaker right, charge yeah. for the second time because mm. he was actually in charge when they went down because Roder had had his uh, ill health when when uh, when they went down and uh, so they had to Pardew was on gardening leave um for a while before they could actually get him away from reading and he'd taken them up in 0405 and he'd almost he was very he spent that entire season 0405 being close to being sacked because they were looked for a long time like they weren't going to get into the playoffs he'd lost the playoff final the year before so this game against liverpool was their third visit in as many years to cardiff the millennium stadium because they had the game against Crystal Palace in 04 where they just didn't turn up they lost 1-0 Neil Shipley scored the winner from a yard out that's right um, sort of just bundled it in it sort of hit him and, and went in and they just didn't turn up that day and Palace went up instead <clears throat> um, they played Preston a year later and, and kind of the club's future was on the line mm-hmm. uh, with this he'd hit upon this young side towards the end of that 04-05 season Pardew where they suddenly clicked they got into the playoffs on the last day um, I think at the expense of, of Wigan I think it was and um, they, they 
Bobby Zamora hit, who'd been a bit of a, he hadn't done too much for West Ham before after joining them. He hit this form in the playoffs and, and, and got them up, scored the winner against Preston. And they had this young team when they when they came up. They added a little bit of experience to it. They brought, um, they brought in Danny Gabadon and, and James Collins, who were actually quite young at the time, the pair of them from, uh, from Cardiff. Uh, and um, Gabadon ended up playing alongside Anton Ferdinand at centre-back. Ferdinand Rios. had a good season. In a very good season. He was very good for a while. Nominated, nominated for... He scored, a, player of the year, he scored year. an amazing goal against Fulham against oh, did, um, yes. that, the, the the volley out of nowhere. <laughs> yes, and um, I think I think he I think he ran off to the cameras shouting something like I'm Anton, I'm not Rio, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, but there was all this talk about him potentially playing for playing for England. That's you know, right, he was yeah. Rio Ferdinand's little brother at the time, and he come into the into the league, and he did. You know, they they had a similar mm-hmm. playing style in a way, but obviously it was a slight gulf between between the pair of them. But he was a Good player for a while, and it was a shame how his career actually did kind of trail off um, towards the end of it. And they brought in um, Paul Koncheski from from Charlton, who had a very good first season, and uh, Yossi Benayoun from mm. uh, I think he was playing for Raya Vaikano at the time. They bought him for very little, something like two and a half million, three and a half million, mm-hmm. and uh, then they had Teddy Sheringham up front from the previous season as well. He was just that little bit of. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit of experience, but you know there were people like Marlon Harewood, Nigel Rio Coker. Rio Coker was Rio, captain, wasn't he? Yeah, Rio he was, was captain. Twenty-two year old and captain. And yeah. I, I remember speaking to him before the final and, and sort of being very impressed by just sort of how authoritative and how mature he was. And he, he's sort of one of those players. I, I, what what went wrong? I think the fans really got on his back. He um, well, not that I, season. He had a brilliant game in the cup final. He had, he did have a good season. His passing wasn't the best, and um, I, I wonder if he believed his own hype a little bit and, and thought he was a little bit better than he actually was. And there was all this talk towards the, after that game, uh, the, the following transfer window that summer, that Arsenal and United wanted him, and I think he kind of lost his way a little bit, lost his focus, and we're getting on way past the, the final but there was a game against the fans did get on his back a little bit and there was a game against um, just after Pardew had been sacked um, in December 2006 and Kirbishley had taken over I think Kirbishley's first game was against Manchester United at home and this was a resurgent United who won the mm. league that season and Rio Coca scored the winner in that game and he ran towards the Bobby Moore lower at the old Upton Park with mm-hmm. his um, cupping his ear towards the West Ham fans <laughs> and that was just oh the end for him basically <laughs> Um, he he never won it back after that, and he was sold at the end of that mm. season to Aston Villa. And again, it kind of went wrong for him there after a few years. Yeah. Um, well, what about Liverpool going into this final, Jonathan? Under Benitez, of course. I mean, uh, European champions. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's a, it's a strange way to start a season when mm. you'd finished fifth in the Premier League, and yet you're the European champions. <laughs> um, and I, I guess that must be quite hard mentally to get over. But, you know, Liverpool, to be, although they were never in the title race, you know, Chelsea ran away with it again. Mm. Um, you know, they finished third. You know, they finished the season with nine straight wins. Um, yeah, you look at the team, it's a, yeah, it's a pretty good team. You know, the... Alonso and Gerrard in there. Yeah, well, Alonso alongside um, Sissoko in the centre midfield. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Hippie and Carragher together at the back. Gerrard playing on the right. Harry Kuehl. Mm. Who, as ever in a major final, did, didn't make it. He got all injured way through, just yeah. after half time. Yeah. Um, Pepe Rainer in goal. Yeah, uh, so I guess he'd he'd replaced Dudek. Yeah, Dudek was on the, the bench. Yeah, from the Champions League final, and you know, then then Cisse and Crouch up front. Which I guess that's what you look at and think. Actually, they they weren't that great this side. <laughs> but Crouch went for that because uh, obviously he'd signed from um, Southampton, who'd gone down. And he had that long spell without scoring. Then he scored a 
did he score a penalty? Did he? Or did he miss a penalty? He missed a penalty. Missed a penalty. And I think, I think, um, I think someone else followed up the rebound and, and scored it. But uh, he 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 scored his first goal uh, against Wigan. It took him ages to score, but the first goal I think went down as an own goal. Wow. I think it was a huge deflection. He went on this run and shot from Peter Crouch. Generally, doesn't shoot from thirty yards out, but he did. It looked mm-hmm. like it would have been the kind of thing that would have rolled into the goalkeeper's arms. It hit somebody and went in. And then a little bit after that, I think he, I think he scored again in that game. And um, you know, he was. I think afterwards they were taking it off him, and, and he was sort of good humoured about it. In the there's a, there's an interview with him where he's sort of moaning about the goal was being taken <laughs> off him and everything. He's you're not going to take that one off me as well. And, <laughs> uh, but he t- you know, he he took a while to get going, didn't he? But I think they liked him because he tried so hard. Well, he during did get that going. period, and then eventually he got going. And yeah, well, I guess goals were, goals were were not necessarily the. The main part of his game, you know, he he offered quite a lot more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some forwards if they're not scoring, we're not offering anything. Well, Crouch is, is absolutely yeah. not that. Well, then of course he started up front for England in the summer. That yeah, shortly after the final, of yeah. course. Um, uh, yeah, so I mean, we, let's start talking about the match then, shall we? I mean, it was um, it was it was it was a warm sunny day in Cardiff, as, as, as you say. Wembley was still being rebuilt. I remember those years. Yeah, I mean, looking back at the highlights, the the aesthetic of it is. I, I'd sort of forgotten that Cardiff could look like a cup final. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, but it has that proper cup final aesthetic of the pitch is perfect, it's a bright sunny day. Um, if it, if it, this is going to sound odd, but I think one of the problems of a new Wembley is the crowd is too close for goals. Now, I think that's great for league football. Mm-hmm. But I think the cup final, there's something nice about the old Wembley, that the crowd was a long way back, as if this thing that was happening was so sacred and so holy... <laughs> You couldn't let the public too close to it, and and yeah, this here. I mean, Cardiff obviously is the Millennium Stadium. The goals weren't quite as far, weren't anywhere near as far. There's a little bit more distance, but there's a m- more of a gap than there is at the modern. You, yeah, I think you were letting uh, tradition or maybe familiarity get in the way. Yeah, perhaps. But I, I sort of I had forgotten that Cardiff could look that good for the yeah. final. I sort of in my head it was always it didn't feel quite right. Sure. I mean, Jacob, going into the game, did you think West Ham had a a chance? Um. I think they they beaten Spurs the the week before to stop Spurs getting into the, into the um, Champions League, mm-hmm. the famous lasagna gate. Absolutely, when Arsenal got in in, in instead with when Omri scored that hat trick on on the final day at Highbury. So they they were able to play some of the top sides and really mm-hmm. take them on. Um, they 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 actually won at Highbury earlier in the uh, earlier in the season. They were the last away team to do that. So they had this fearless way of playing, and they 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 would actually would concede the first goal a lot that season and they had a brilliant well to, to quote Ian Dowie they had the bounce back ability <laughs> yeah. at the time which was the phrase of the time when he when he coined that but um, but they were able to just come back in a lot of games and, and mm-hmm. that uh, that quality actually eluded them the following season which is why, one of the reasons they started to struggle but they they, they, they never they had an amazing spirit a big big togetherness in, in that side and that you could see ways in which they could hurt them because one of the things they'd done in, in January which would have made them a better side was, was buying Dean Ashton uh, for seven and a half million, I think he was the record signing for West Ham at the time uh, from from Norwich, and he was in the Championship at the time. But he had a good little spell with Norwich in the Premier League before they got relegated. And he was when he came in, challenging Harewood some more, sharing him for the to, to to play up front. He was the first choice striker, and he was he was fantastic, and he was fantastic on the day. And he had a brilliant, certainly first half. And uh, really gave Hippier and uh, Carragher lots of trouble. Probably one of the toughest games either of them would have had as a pairing. And that 
was a way that West Ham had to, to get them. They were very, they were an attacking side. They were good on the counter attack. Had a lot of pace. Benny Hume with the creativity. They were a settled back four, but you could see you could see ways in which they could win. And Liverpool weren't a special side. They had Gerrard, mm. which was the, where the worry came. And obviously Benitez had, uh, was, you know, was a, was, a, was a top manager. They played each other twice that season, obviously in the league. They, Liverpool have won very comfortably at Anfield. I remember being in that and it was they were very difficult to get at that, that team. Mm-hmm. It was so good defensively. And then they went to Upton Park a few weeks before the cup final. And um, late on, Luis Garcia and Hayden Mullins had a scrap and they both got sent off and it got both players suspended from the from the final. Yeah, I remember looking through the team yeah. and thinking Luis Garcia wasn't there. So Luis Garcia wasn't there, Hayden Mullins. So he was a very important player for Liverpool. You know, he was one of the, it was a quite functional side that they had yeah. at the time, but he was one of the big creative players and he was a big goal scoring threat, whereas probably people like uh, Alonso and Sissoko weren't so much and Kuehl was... Well, Harry Kuehl had a Harry Kuehl final yeah. and limped out of it after 15 minutes, but he also was about to leave Liverpool, mm-hmm. wasn't he, at that time? He hadn't, he'd sort of gone off the boil after not really doing that much for, for them, having been... I remember there was a lot of excitement when he when he joined. Mm. So him not being there was a big thing. Uh, conversely, Hayden Mullins not being there for West Ham was, was a big blow because he was a really important player alongside Rio Coca, which um, ended up with Carl so Fletcher it's... dropping in instead uh, yeah, alongside... Okay. All right, well, let's get into the final details of the game after a quick break. Now Kocheski lending his support down the left. Oh, it's in! Paul Kocheski has conjured up an incredible goal. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. 
Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. That's Risa. Tossed it towards Morientes. And then Gerard! Oh! Oh, goodness me! What a strike! from Steve at Gerard. I told you, I told you, don't write them off. Now then, gentlemen, let's get down to the uh, to the 90 minutes. Uh, I mean, should we begin with the Carragher own goal or was there anything before that you wanted to... <laughs> it was a very slow start. Not much yeah. happened with a lot of Liverpool pressure and West Ham playing on the break. And I remember thinking, this isn't going well. Yeah. And then it was Ashton who got involved after 10, 15 minutes great part because Ashton was I, th- I always liked him to being a little bit like a cross between Shearer and Sheringham mm-hmm. so he was he had the ability to go up against a, uh, against a centre back hold the ball up he had a bit of pace to him even though he was quite a big lad um, he could shoot he could score any type of goal which was a bit like the you know, the Shearer but he was also very good at, he was very clever mm-hmm. um, he was good at dropping off and, and, and quite skillful so he dropped off and plays this pass in, beto- in behind um Whoever was playing left back for Liverpool Risa. that day, Risa mm-hmm. that day, and in comes Lionel Scaloni, Argentinian on manager Lionel yeah. Scaloni, yeah, yeah flying. And he was because he'd been on West Ham midway through that season. Had lost Thomas Repka. Do you remember him yeah. the red the red card machine? Yeah, yeah, and, um, yeah absolutely. And they they'd had to sign an emergency right back, and Scaloni, Scaloni had been pretty poor, but he got in in the final instead of um, instead of James Collins. Uh, Anton Ferdinand had been playing right back for a lot of the. He played right back in the. Um, in the semi-final against Middlesbrough and Collins had played alongside Gabadon and then they shifted it around and Scaloni puts in the cross and Carragher scored a lot of own goals, didn't he? And, his, and, you know, you know when, and he got um, one there. You know when Mike Atherton was at, at Cambridge University and his nickname was Feck, F-E-C, future England captain? Oh, I didn't know Was Scaloni's nickname Fam, future Argentina manager? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> of, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, get, get him off, I think was his... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he, well, he got an assist in an FA Cup final, of course. Yeah. But that that Jamie Carragher own goal put West Ham one 0 up after about twenty one minutes. It really is poor defending. I mean, the the, the, the ball is kind of sort of fizzed in. He well, it's has... poor defending that Ashton's not picked up. So Benayoun plays the pass into Ashton. Ashton sort of come five eight yeah. yards, mm-hmm. and neither centre backs followed him. Um, and you sort of. Yeah, you look at the two teams and they're, they're very clearly both 4-4-2s mm. and that's where Ashton's ability to drop off is, is so vital and obviously Benayoun buzzes around a mm. bit but yeah, Etherington very much stays out wide and maintains the shape in that 4-4-2 but Liverpool are actually pretty similar. It's a 4-4-2. Mm. Crouch and Cissé aren't really moving from, from, from that position uh, and okay, you've got Gerard and Kiel who do come in and, they, and Gerard particularly late in the game sort of ends up playing central midfield effectively Um but you, you really see the, the blockishness of the 4-4-2s when Ashton drops deep mm. and there's just nobody moves towards him. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so it's poor defending from that point of view. Yeah. And then, yeah, as, as, the, as the ball comes across, I mean, yeah, you, you can argue Risa maybe should be more aware of Scaloni mm-hmm. making the break outside him. But still, though, the ball, the, when the ball comes in from Etherington, it's like Carragher goes to backheel it away. Scaloni. From Scaloni. Uh, sorry, uh, Scaloni. The, 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 Carragher goes to backheel it away. So the ball's coming in and it's kind of like behind him. He sort of trips it into the net. Yeah, but I think if you watch the way his leg moves, he is trying to backheel away across, hit with a bit of pace coming in across the six-yard box. Do do you think he's just so slightly overrun it that he hasn't realised that the cross has been cut back? I don't know. I think if you look at it again, I think he's trying to sort of like almost like backheel away in, in the slight confusion when actually he could easily knock it out for a corner. He's not really under pressure, is he? He's no, under no because, pressure at uh, all. Because Rayner is coming out to get the Yeah, he, cross can, he can leave yeah. it, he can do all sorts of things. But, he, uh, but he, I mean, Howard's not sort of breathing down his neck. Howard's no. sort of two, no. three yards away. So. <laughs> it really was a gift to West Ham. Yeah, well, the second goal is a gift as well. But yeah. From, Which comes from seven Pepe minutes Rayner. later. Yeah. yeah. So without really doing too much, just the way that they played in that kind of fearlessness and, and attacking and everything. I think it's Ashton again is involved, mm-hmm. knocking it down for um, for Etherington, who has just this very weak shot that Pepe Reina, who I never really particularly rated, I thought there was always a mistake in him, spills in front of Ashton, who just sort of trickles it into the net. And suddenly, <laughs> out of nowhere, 25 minutes in, West Ham are 2-0 up in their first FA Cup final for <laughs> 26 years against the European champions yeah. at the time. And they're pinching themselves, and they can't believe it. Well, I couldn't believe it watching as well. I thought, bloody hell, this is this is on sort of thing. Yeah. Well, it very much felt like it was. And was there a feeling? Because obviously, only four minutes later, obviously Liverpool get one back. But well, Liverpool was... had had a they'd had a goal they had a goal disallowed as well before getting it back. Crouch had a goal uh, disallowed. For took him. that one off it, him as well. Yeah, they took that <laughs> Crouch in very much a similar way. I think I think it's Gerard who's involved with long ball over the top or something like that, mm-hmm. and um, they're not picked up. And I think it, I think he was on side. Crouch and it's flagged offside, and you know Liverpool just stepped up a little bit straight away. Gerrard's involved up up in the inside right channel, mm-hmm. and just that long ball driven over, you know, laces it over the West Ham defence, and a really good finish from from Cisse. Right, oh, Blackpool travels a very long way. Is it you know, it's fifty yard pass, sixty yard pass from Gerrard? Yeah, so he's, he's like from that. a very deep position. Um, so yeah, you, you know, when you see the ball move that far, you always wonder. Cover defence have gone done more to. Yeah, I think I think it drops over Anton's head. I think uh, yeah, it would have and, been. Um, and uh, you know, but it was. A, but at the same time, it was an amazing finish. Yeah, from him. I mean, he just hits it first time in the volley. Yeah, but he's falling over as well when he does it. Yeah, it's not but a wild lash. He sort of controls thing, in the bottom corner. But he, I mean, Cisse. Uh, I mean, he he didn't particularly have a good time at Liverpool, did he? He he broke his leg very early on, yeah. and then he came back and. Well, he was always a funny old player, though. I mean, I mean, I saw him a lot at Sunderland as well. And on his day, he was like the best player I've ever seen. But his day didn't come around that often. Yeah. And he, you know, he was somebody who would, was never shy of trying something ludicrous. Um, you know, if a ball dropped him on the volley forty yards out, oh, he'd have a pop. Why not? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you know, one in fifty goes in or whatever. Yeah. Mm. And then you think, oh, what an amazing player, but. I mean, that goal in the cup final, you was saying that, from Liverpool's point of view, it's a great goal. Yeah, but I don't yeah, think one, he got on remotely with Benitez either. I think he got him not out. Not Benitez had a player at all, no, was he? and he got him out at the... Um, I think, because he'd already been signed, hadn't he, by the time Benitez turned up. I think he 
he, he arrived in the same summer as Benitez, but I think Julio. Who's a Julio? It was like Julio's yeah. parting gift for Benitez. <laughs> so, here you go. Have this. Like, like leaving some raw prawn. <laughs> but in the fact, when when West Ham went two 0 like what was the the feeling in the in the West Ham? And was it Just kind of like belief? Can't believe it. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Was but there panic? Much of... happened after. Well, I think after they got back to two one, it was oh well, that's it. They're they're going to win this now. Really. And um, but then you know they held on for the rest of the half, and it was kind of just Ashton bullying the uh, the, the Liverpool defence for, and he nearly scored. He nearly scores a brilliant goal where he shakes off uh, one of his markers and turns and just lashes this low shot just wide from from twenty yards. And it's quite. If you look back at that performance, it's just quite sad. Um, he didn't make the the World Cup. Ashton was, I think, he was twenty two at the time. He doesn't. It's the two thousand and six, so he doesn't make the uh, the World Cup squad at that time. Half fit Owen, half fit Rooney, uh, Crouch and Defoe go instead of and Theo. Well, did Defoe even go? But Theo Walcott goes instead. Seventeen year old Theo Walcott has never played a England game. Yeah, I don't Ashton think Defoe, Defoe didn't. didn't yeah, he didn't yeah. go. Yeah, Ashton was left back, and um, and then eventually Sven goes. Steve McLaren comes in and he puts Ashton in his in his first squad. And, you know, he, you're thinking, and this is August 2006, and in that first training session he's in, Sean Wright Phillips breaks his ankle and his career... I mean, of all was, people, yeah. yeah. yeah, The ferocious Sean Wright Phillips. Yeah. And he misses, uh, he misses the whole of that following season, which completely messes West Ham up because he was their best player. Um, <clears throat> and uh, he comes back and it's just not right. He has various little comebacks, little injuries and everything. And he retired in 2009. He was 26 when he retired. Would have been would have oh, such been, a shame yeah. with Dean Ashton. Yeah, I think people can forget what a player he was and what a player yeah. he would have been as well. I, I was telling you guys before that I was with with James Collins uh, the the other night doing a podcast with him, and we were talking about him. And he said he was the best striker he ever played with. Yeah, uh, impossible to play against in training, and he played with some good ones. James Collins, I mean, not some brilliant ones all the time. Hal Robson Carney. Yeah, he played with Hal Robson Carney, <laughs> but you know, he played with he played with Teddy, played with um, played with Tevez, mm-hmm. and you know, he rated him higher than. Andy Carroll, who obviously very difficult to True. play against and everything, and you know, well, even bit... even Zamora. I mean, Zamora at West Ham wasn't great, but I, I you know, saw him a, a lot at Fulham, and we've, you know, he, he perhaps was maybe took inspiration from Ashton because his game was was not in terms of the goals, but that that kind of hold up, you know, sort of try and bully centre mm. halves when he was at his best at Fulham, which may have only been a season or well, two. Well, we did we did the, the greatest game with Filippo Claro yeah. about uh, Fulham beating Juve four one, and Zamora was brilliant in that yeah. game. Oh, he was he was fantastic, but, but yeah, great shame for. Ash, I mean, Ashton scores. Um, he's he had little injuries on and off for West Ham during that little run where he joins in January. But he 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 played against they they played the quarter final against um, against City away on a Monday night, and nothing really happened in the game for about forty minutes. And then Ashton just gets a throw and one two with I think Benny Yoon, and suddenly out of nowhere, he just produces this amazing turn to get away from. I think it was Distan, who was a good defender at the time mm. for for City, and and sort of puts it onto his left foot and just smacks this shot that was so hard that it beats David James at the near post. And it was just after that he scored again, and he was just at his best. That was what he was capable of doing. There's that goal against um, against United, the overhead kick, <laughs> where but it's just sort of that was Dean Ashton in capturing his career in one moment. He scores this amazing bicycle kick at Old Trafford. 4-1 win for United at the, at the time in 2008 and doing so he injures himself and goes off at half time yeah. uh, because of the way he landed while scoring at the Stretford end and <laughs> that was that was the story of his of his career really but he would have he would have played for England and he would have probably scored quite a few goals for them and I don't think he would have spent his entire career 
at West Ham if um, if that injury hadn't happened. Yeah. Well, into the second half, uh, Liverpool start coming back and on 54 minutes, <laughs> Mr. Gerrard smashes home the equaliser. And it was a real... Um, when Gerrard smashed that in, there was an air of, right, here we go, lads. Come on, we're better than this lot. Now the cup final's ours. Enough of that nonsense about going 2-0 down. Here we go. And, and and I'd imagine among the West Ham fans, when you see Gerrard produce a moment like that... Well, it's a lovely goal, isn't it? Alonso's yeah. ball in, Crouch knocks it down, and Gerrard, I mean, from a defensive point of view, he's got far too much space. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's sort of he's in just inside the box, but he's somehow in six yards of space. They're very inexperienced, though that yeah. West Ham team, and it's Gerard. But the ball drops to him, and as, mm-hmm. as it gets to the top of the bounce, he absolutely leathers it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it pretty much was. Well, that that was nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was great while it lasted. Yeah. yeah, a bit like I remember talking to a couple of Palace fans when uh, Pardew again was was in charge at Wembley not that long ago. Louis Van Gaal's Manchester United and the Pardew dance and the Pardew yeah. dance and uh, when they went one nil up and uh, that was only for about a minute and a half or something. And I remember some of the Palace fans going, "Oh, that minute and a half was bliss." You know that yeah. that sort of moment where you think. Bloody hell, we're on for a cup well, final yeah, win here. When it was Sunderland v City in the League Cup final in 2014. Yeah, I was there. At least we game. had half time. Yeah, that's yeah. right. But then three minutes after half time, yeah, yeah, yeah scores a oh. preposterous goal. Oh, okay, yeah. never mind. <laughs> but, I mean, the, that goal was in, incredible, and that was just Gerard at yeah. the time. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, that's what he was so good at, just running onto a bouncing ball and hitting it cleanly and on target. And mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, because but, he's so far he's he's made a goal with an brilliant yeah. assist and to be honest Liverpool weren't they didn't play well the entire game no. and it was just Gerrard played well in, mm. in moments and it's the year and it was the year after the uh, the final against um, against against Milan where he's done exactly not exactly the same thing but basically had got them back into the game on his own after half time well then that's the great irony of of um, of Benitez's greatest successes at Liverpool is they both came yeah it's like they had to go behind so if 3-0 down in, in Istanbul 2-0 down in this game and that he then has to sort of release the handbrake the, you know, the handbrake was how he managed he, he hated, he, he hated him. anything that was random any any kind of aspect of luck yeah. he hated he wanted, he wanted to take that out of the game and then you know bizarrely he'll be remembered for two great comebacks mm. led by the most anarchic player on his side Gerard, because he's had to release a handbrake and say just Go on then. I mean, yeah, because he's put he's in that game. He's got uh, Alonso and and Sissoko in in central midfield. Yeah, and Gerrard's on the right, and obviously Gerrard didn't like playing there. Yeah, and well, he moved into the centre in the well, he would uh, wonder midway through yeah. the second half. Yeah, eventually, no, but, uh, just, uh, Alonso I'm, I'm going go, Yeah, but Alonso was taken off midway through the second half. Yeah, yeah. Um, did Cronkamp come on for him? Cronkamp did, Cronkamp come, did on. come on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then that allows Gerrard to go into the middle of midfield. So it was a free role. Gerard always wanted that yeah, but, free but, role. But, but Benita sort of, I think it's an acknowledgement of actually we need him in the middle now. Yep. Um, I mean, you, I, I, I don't, Alonso wasn't injured, was he? Or he might have been, but I don't, I don't remember being as, an obvious injury. You, you wouldn't yeah. take Alonso off. No. Well, I think I think then you, you're playing with two deep lying midfielders. I suppose you don't need two. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. It's, so a, the, it's, the a, game, it's a tactical decision yeah, to yeah, release yeah. Gerard. Sure. The game has gone sort of completely against the way that Benitez mm. would have He's probably even at 2-2, two, two, he's seething because yeah. it's just it's complete an anarchy in front of him and yeah. everything. And he's having to, you know, he's, he's, they're playing a mid-table side who's who've got Brio Coker and Carl Fletcher in midfield and he's just thinking, we're going to win this 2-0. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's going to be one goal from a set uh-huh. piece and, and then we'll score late on and, and suddenly they're 2-0 down because they've let in two of the stupidest goals yep. you could possibly... <laughs> And he's having to let this guy who, 
he sort of doesn't. He, there was always that sense that he didn't ever quite get Gerard or wasn't totally. Mm-hmm. You know, he was sort of. He but in a sense, like, maybe I mean, would have let him go at some. Well, point. if it, maybe yeah. if Gerard didn't mean so much to the fans and the club, maybe he might have done. Well, I mean, he very did, nearly did leave well, in 2005 true. to go yeah. to Chelsea. Yeah. Um, but I, but it was the, 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 the sort of romantic in me of the sort of uh, what's the word I'm looking for the sort of philosopher the, not even that word the <laughs> word that I'll come back to when I remember it right. in me um, maybe what you actually need in a great side is is that combination and it's that tension between the the Dionysian mm-hmm. uh, Gerard you know, the anarchic force the 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 sort of a, the, just the will to win. And the cerebral controlling tactical brain of Benitez, and it's it's that tension between them which actually makes the the, the great side. Yeah, but then having said all this, at two two, ten minutes later, <laughs> West Ham are not done because uh, Paul Koncheski crosses the ball and it loops over Rayner. You'll say it's a shot, Jacob. Oh, it's not. <laughs> but, but I was actually I was behind that goal oh, in yeah. the lower tier, and so t- to the left of that goal, which is so which is where the ball goes in. He's mm-hmm. just going down the. And, you know, it's just it was a rare West Ham attack at that point because mm-hmm. it looked like Liverpool were going to go go on and win that game. And just Paul Konchesky, he had a good season come, coming in from from Charlton, uh, and he and the, he he was a West Ham fan, and you know a lot of people liked him, and it kind of went a bit wrong for him the following season. He played for England that, he did. that year. He, he he made his I think it was his one and only right. England. I think probably Ashley Cole was injured or something, and he played in that game in. Um, in Switzerland against Argentina. Yeah, do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. it was there in Geneva, yeah. He, he, so Paul Koncheski played in one of England's greatest ever wins, uh, <laughs> which is a baffling... Yeah. <laughs> I think, I'm pretty sure he was at fault for one of the Argentina goals. I think he was, but um, it was still a friendly match, but yeah. it was a, but it was but it a was, great but it friendly. But it wasn't really a friendly. No. When Ledley King just not elated. being able to deal with Calame, <laughs> yeah. which again is just a phrase that sounds wrong <laughs> in so many ways. Hey, a win's a win's a win, though. Yeah. Good old England. But, but that was, you know, he, he had done well that season and goes down and he whips in this cross that... <laughs> Clearly for Clearly Dean Ashton books. to get on. No, but you, you yeah. can it was see a cross from, the, just... from the angle behind him as he crosses it. You can see he just strikes it wrong. The ball, yeah. the ball basically just runs slightly too far. And yeah, again, he... you were looking at Rayner a little bit. You know, it was he didn't have a good game, Rayner. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's one of those where Rayner, I don't, I don't know how tall he is, but he's not massive for a keeper. Yeah, um, keepers disappointed. And, don't let him that well, okay. by chance, I was I was at uh, I, I was in a doctor's surgery yesterday. And there was a very tall man next to me, and, uh, <laughs> and it was Peter Crouch. Well, he he had a sign a thing to say that Ipswich Town would be um, would be paying his bills. Oh, and I then realised this very tall man was in fact the world's third tallest footballer, Thomas Hulley, the Czech goalkeeper. Uh, right. Now Thomas Hulley would not have let in that goal. He'd, <laughs> he'd have very casually stretched. Well, wouldn't even stretched up. Crouch. He'd have reached in front of his face and yes, taken he. it. Crouch wouldn't have let in, would he? As well. Well, yeah, true. <laughs> but to be fair to Rayner, he made a really brilliant save at two-one uh, from Harewood. So you know, West Ham had all these little moments mm. that throughout where they'd look back on it and think, "Well, if we if that had gone in, or if that hadn't happened, yeah. then if you know if they'd gone three-one up at the start of the second half instead of it being two-all, I know but, then they go subsequently they go three-two up. Yeah, but they're the moments, aren't they, for, for West Ham fans and neutrals thinking, "Oh, if only, if only," and then they get this enormous slice of luck. Yeah, and you think, "Oh, hang on a minute." It's it's massively back on, and 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 of course the the, the minutes are then the clock well, yeah, is counting I mean, Liverpool, down. There, to be honest, there wasn't this, there wasn't a barrage. I mean, no. If if that had been probably that Chelsea side under Mourinho for a start, it wouldn't have been no. Well, if it was Ferguson's United, 
Yeah, it would have been an onslaught. For a start, West Ham wouldn't have gone 3-2 up against that (laughs) Chelsea side. They wouldn't have gone 2-0 up. and They they did go 1-0 up. They actually went 1-0 up against that Chelsea side a few weeks before. Chelsea then had a player sent off Benish. Do you remember? And Chelsea's response to going down to 10 men and 1-0 down was to win (laughs) (laughs) 4-1. So that sort of told you what they might have done. Uh, They wouldn't have let it get like that. And and, and in that, if if United had been in, say, 3-2 down in that final half an hour, it would have been a total barrage. But with Liverpool, it it wasn't really there. Mm. It felt like the whole, the oxygen had sort of sucked out of them and everything. Mm -hmm. And and the, the great irony about it all, and Gerrard's admitted this in his book, is that when that ball falls to him, 40 yards from goal however far out it was the reason he was there was because he had cramp and he couldn't well he'd been struggling with cramp for sort of five six minutes before that yeah. they had to have you know he'd been on his back with teammates stretching his legs and yeah, yeah. he'd run himself into the ground yeah he he, he, he was he, only there because of that well, the, and West Ham had, there's, a, there's a lot that goes into this goal because yeah. um, Scaloni his, this is what Col- you know Collins the other day was saying uh, you know they were sort of talking about it and if only he just booted it clear because um, they put yeah. the ball out West Ham for yeah. uh, uh, I think maybe it was Cisse who'd gone down for Liverpool down in the deep in the on the West Ham right and they they gave the ball back uh, to Scaloni Liverpool amazingly so of letting yeah well they, you know mm. it was they West Ham had put the ball out mm. and Liverpool just probably more professional more just you know streetwise in in those in those moments they didn't just let the Scaloni let the ball run out for a for a goal kick. Carragher starts yeah. running towards him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember thinking of that at the time and and think that that is just that was really, really poor sportsmanship to do that. <laughs> because he should have just let it run out because West Ham had the ball in in and they put it out in a quite a dangerous position. But what Scaloni at that point should have just instead of putting it out where in West Ham territory, he should have just booted it up the pitch. Yeah. And he, you know, he was in a an Argentina international. Well, he, he did quite naive. Pitch, I think he, he tried. No, but, but eventually, what I mean is eventually the... he eventually he booted it up the pitch. Oh, you mean when he, when he put the ball out? Sorry. So both yeah. times, and then the second time he probably should have just let let it run out, and suddenly got panicked by Carragher running towards him, and perhaps one other Liverpool player as well. Boots it straight out. There's still a lot that still has to happen, and it eventually just and it, one more attack, and they clear it, West Ham, and there's a sort of a half clearance that. If someone had got a proper contact on it, it wouldn't it would never have reached Gerard. And Scurgis clearance comes to Gerard, who plays it to Risa. Risa puts it in the box and yeah, it's headed, headed away. Clear. Yeah. And it comes to Gerard, who he's probably on forty yards out, takes a touch. No, he doesn't. No, no, no. He's the first time. Yeah. And it's uh, and you know, uh, it, I think maybe Pardew has said this since then. Rio Coker had had a brilliant game. Um especially in that last half an hour because he was so fit Rio Coca it was probably one of the reasons that Gerard had cramp when you know Gerard was one of the most powerful players going wasn't he and shows you probably how hard Rio Coca would have been running and Rio Coca had event because Gerard had dropped off so deep he had, Rio Coca just wasn't marking him at that point they he was back in the West Ham area Padre had said well you, you know we don't want you standing 40 yards away doing, doing yeah. nothing standing it can't go and man mark him from there and so he drops off, and but Gerard suddenly has all this pace, and I remember it just this shot seeming to pick up all this kind of pace oh, as yeah. as it's going in. I still kind of I do slightly look at the goalkeeper at times and think it was I so far out. And uh, yeah, but been, he hits it so clean, you wouldn't be expecting it. I mean, Shaka Shaka Hislop, hit. who um, he was he was quite old at the time. He was coming towards the end of his career, and I always just thought he 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 dives on it quite slowly. 
And perhaps, you know, West Ham bought Robert Green at the in the summer following that and always think if that had been Green in goal, would that have would that have gone in? You know, a guy in his twenties as opposed to a keeper in his late thirties who'd who'd had a whose career hadn't been the same since he'd broken his leg. Um but that but you know, that was Gerard at the time though. It was just sort of this it, 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 the final was about West Ham. It was about West Ham. It was about West Ham until it wasn't. Until it was just about one guy. Yeah, and just this force of character and desire to to get Liverpool out of a hole. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, for in. all it would have been very it, embarrassing for Liverpool if they'd lost that game. Yeah, oh, it would have been. But I mean, for for all that he wasn't closed down. You're in injury time. Yep. The opposition having shots from forty yards. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. You're all right with that. Yeah. Chances are he's going out for goal kicking. It, take, it takes a bit of time, and it, it had to take a moment of brilliance, and, well, the, and that's uh, what they got. The stadium announcer is going. There will be four minutes of uh, just as it either reaching Gerald or he's just as he's striking it, and then it's, you know there will be another thirty minutes of uh, of agony now because Gerard's yeah. gone and done that. But and... <laughs> well, of course uh, they did manage to get it to penalties. West Ham. They um, <laughs> they should have won as well because again nothing. Again, you kind of thought. Here, this is done now. West Ham, had, they'd taken off um, Matty Etherington, who was their big outlet on the on the left. You know, quick, quick, uh, uh, quick left winger and everything. And I think they'd taken him off. Can't remember who for Sheringham. Sheringham, and um, not quite the same pace with. with <laughs> and uh, and Ashton had gone off as well for Zamora. They brought on uh, Christian Daly in midfield, mm. um, who was that was a last resort really. They didn't have a very big squad, and you kind of thought, well, this is this is kind of done, and. Nothing much is going to happen now. Liverpool are going to win. And instead, what happened is the very best chance in extra time goes to West Ham. Mm. Very In the very, very last minute, they win a free kick. Benny Yoon, who probably was bought by Liverpool off the back of this game because he was absolutely brilliant that day, puts in a free kick and Rio Coca uh, sort of has this glancing header. And again, it's that end where I was at. And I can still see it in my mind, the ball <laughs> going towards the goal. And... Rainer getting the lightest of fingertips on it, brushing it onto the inside of the post, and instead of it bouncing in, it bounces out. And it goes to Harewood, who had been basically kicked out the game by a terrible challenge from Sissoko. They'd used up all their subs, and these days you would get the extra sub in extra time. They couldn't take him off. And he just he's on one leg mm. and it's three yards out. And he just puts this volley miles completely. But basically what we would do in that situation <laughs> it, it just looks like he isn't a footballer yeah. but behind him is Sheringham ah. if, you know, if he'd left it's it it's gutting you know, isn't it when you think about that but it goes to penalties and just at that point you know, well Liverpool are going to win on penalties yeah. there's no they, they Liverpool always win on penalties don't well, and, and they did sort of fairly handedly 3-1 yeah well I think uh, I remember the guy next to me said, as Gerrard's walking up going right if he misses this if he misses this we will win and Gerrard just like backs it to yeah. a corner well, Sheringham was the only one who scored for West Ham. Yeah, the only experienced player who took one. The yeah. others were Anton Koncheski missed one. Zamora, Zamora missed one. Zamora was a very good save. The others were Rainer was that was the one thing about Rainer was that he had he was the penalty specialist. He was, he? yeah, yeah. You're right. This was a save from Zamora low to his right. Yeah, he was a very good save. I think Anton hits the bar, I think. Or, no, or it no, just hits uh, a, uh, it's a very poor penalty. It's a yeah, low to the right, but yeah. no near the corner. And, and Koncheski's is straight down the middle. Yeah, and but Rainer's dived to the left and sort of sticks his foot up and, and yeah. blocks it. And Hippier missed for Liverpool. I was saved by his mm, luck, but yeah. And Liverpool won the cup, and it's, and it's a cup, shame because when you look at those all the cup wins in sort of the last sort of twenty odd years, barring what would it be Portsmouth, but they weren't playing a big side in the final Portsmouth. Fair enough, obviously they, they won it, uh, but barring sort of Portsmouth and Wigan, yeah, 
um, off the top of my head, unless I've made uh, unless I'm missing somebody, it's all the big clubs, isn't it? Really, and and that was such a uh, an opportunity or in such a near miss for one of the sort of I suppose so called one not one of the the elite clubs to yeah, to get well a club who would remember that trophy. The yes, exactly, time, exactly. Rather than just being another trophy, but not really what we're going for this season. <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. They've, and they've and they've they've not been to one since then. Yeah, and they've not they have they've had a couple of close close runs of. Not really, though. They mm. they got to the quarterfinal in in twenty sixteen, quarterfinal in twenty eleven. Beyond that, yeah. nothing really. It's been pretty mediocre in in the cup competitions. They did get to it. They got to a semi final in the League Cup in twenty twenty fourteen and yeah. lost nine nil on aggregate to <laughs> Manchester City. So <laughs> yeah, there was that. It's just... but it was one of those rare cup finals over the last few years where the underdogs actually it needs an underdog to turn up. It does um, last season Watford six nil against City yeah. go to 2015 Villa lost 4-0 to Arsenal hmm. Hull, 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 Hull yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Hull would probably be the you last need, one you know otherwise it's going to be if it's going to be a game between those sides it can be quite Indeed. forgettable um, but well, that was the last really last hurrah for that mm. and it was also uh, Benitez's last trophy yeah but, but, the, but the trophy that still eludes Pardew as a manager Yes. <laughs> it's, not, it's not the only trophy. It's not Brian Clough. He did, he, did, he, did he did lift silverware at, uh, at Cardiff the year before. The, the play- uh, for, the, you do get a trophy for winning the, the playoffs. The play- you do indeed. Well, uh, Jacob, it's been a pleasure talking to you uh, about this game. I mean, it's consolation, of course, but West Ham, they were they played their part in, in a very, very good FA Cup yeah, final. Yeah, and Pards was, Pards was out of a job three months later. God, oh, dear. Yeah. Play with the day. He did. He did get to manage Tevez and Mascarano. He did indeed. My goodness. Well, um, we've come to the end of our time, Jacob. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jonathan. A pleasure as always. Cheers, thank you. Thanks for listening to Greatest Games on Football Ramble Daily in association with the Blizzard. Do go to blizzard.co.uk to find out more about stories like this. See you next week. It's Ferdinand saved again by Reina, and Liverpool have won the FA Cup. This was a Stakhanov production. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.